Welcome back, degenerates of the world. Welcome back to this next episode of the Girls Got Game podcast. My name is Joe Butter. I'm your host. Thanks for tuning in. It's been a couple weeks since we've had an episode, uh, so I want to thank everybody for jumping back on board as we approach the meat of the LPGA schedule. Uh, It's been two weeks since they've had an event. It's been one week since I've released an episode. We got a lot of golf coming. We got the Kia Classic this week, which is one of the bigger events of the year. We have the ANA Inspiration next week, which is the first major of the season, which is also exciting because, little spoiler, I have my first guest of the show. This That's going to be episode number five. It'll be our first guest. Hopefully we'll have a bunch more moving forward, but for now, we'll have one. He's a big one in you know the, the Twitter golf landscape. He's a pretty well-known figure he writes and records episodes for a well-known site uh, so i'm pretty excited about that i think that's going to be a lot of fun i think you guys are enjoy that anyway again thank you for tuning back in i hope you guys enjoyed your first taste of lpga golf in general as well as the dfs and betting side of it uh we've we've had some great tournaments so that, that's helped and like i said we're getting into the beef of the schedule we have uh, some major players making their debuts this week, which we'll get into. Um, every, everybody's back now. Now we're in, this is the part of the schedule. This is when we get to that West Coast swing in the PGA where everybody starts showing up. You know, not everybody goes out to Hawaii and plays those events, but once we hit California, you know, we hit the ground running. That's kind of what happened here. A lot of players have been playing. Don't get me wrong. They've had some big fields every week, but this is this is the cream of the crop. We got all of the best players in the world playing on the same field, on the same course, playing in the same week leading up into the first major. Everybody wants to get that last-minute prep, wants to get that taste of California golf before they get into the first major. Uh, So it's going to be pretty exciting. Anyway, if you guys caught my little recap episode two weeks ago, whatever you want to call that, I I didn't want to leave you guys hanging, but frankly, I didn't really have a whole lot to say since then, so I, I didn't record last week, but... I'm back now, obviously. Um, I did upgrade my model, update, make some big changes to it. Um, not not big changes to the, the stats that it spews out, but some big changes to the automation side of it. Uh, so a lot of it's automated. All I got to do is enter you know, a few numbers from the current week, and then it's going to spit everything back out to me. Where before this, I was doing a lot of, a lot of you know, heavy work to updated each week a lot of data entry which was getting irritating it was working it i was doing well i was having some good weeks you know those first couple weeks but it was just it was getting tiring to continue to do that while recording this and edit, editing a podcast uh, a podcast is a pain in the ass uh, for those of you that have a podcast I, I i get it obviously but if you don't have a podcast if you've never done this before editing i'm not good at it so it takes me a long time and it fucking sucks i hate it but if I don't, it's going to sound pretty shitty. Uh, so I, I got to do it for the sake of your listening pleasure. Frankly, I wouldn't have any listeners if I didn't. So, But at the end of the day, it was just getting tiring of doing that and you know, writing an article. I've actually, uh, I think I'm deciding to stop my PGA article just because, frankly, I mean, everybody's putting out the same information. I don't feel it necessary to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing my LPGA article on fantasypros.com if you guys want to check that out it comes out every either tuesday evening wednesday morning um i usually write it tuesday morning so it's kind of when they get around to editing it lpga isn't frankly their priority so it kind of gets pushed to the back of the queue i believe but 
it's every Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning. You'll you'll catch that little quick hitter article. I I kind of focus on you know five or six players, and I write a little paragraph on each player, and then I save the meat of my information for this because I want you guys to tune in. Um, I didn't get a whole lot of feedback. I want to know if people are interested in. I was thinking about starting a YouTube show that will focus on showdown contests. Um, I, I kind of want to put some emphasis on showdown because, I've, frankly, I've had some success in it, and I want to do a little bit more research that is specifically focused on round-by-round information. So if, if people – I'm not, I'm not going to do a show if nobody's interested. I'll just do it for myself and benefit on my own and make my own money, which is fine. I don't mind that. I like money, so I'll do that. Or, you know, if you guys are interested, I think it would be kind of cool do a – do you know a a five to ten minute you know quick hitting episode on YouTube and you know you can catch it live. I'm I'm just gonna talk for a few minutes about you know that next that day's golf and you know who's playing well, who's who I expect to either improve or you know continue to play well the next day, and we'll see what happens. Uh, so if you guys are interested in that, let me know. Anyway, let's get into it. We got the Kia Classic. This is one of the bigger tournaments on the LPGA Tour schedule. It's been running for a very long time. Uh, it's hosted by the Aviara Golf Club. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but they've hosted this tournament since 2013. Uh, last season got canceled due to COVID. So 2013 to 2019, it's been at this golf club. So seven years. Uh, it's par 72, roughly 6,600 yards, a little bit less. I think last uh, 2019, it measured out at about 6,550 which is virtually tour average. I mean, it's a little, I think tour average is right in that 6,500 range, so it's a little bit above it, but not not that much. I'm not going to put as much emphasis on distance as I have been in the past. This this course, from what I've gathered, is more built around accuracy. you got to hit the ball straight. The rough is playing at three inches, which is longer than LPGA tour standard, which is usually between two and two and a half inches. So the rough is pretty thick. The course from... I couldn't get a whole lot of information on it. What what I looked at was a course map. Based on that, it looks like it's fairly tight. Not abnormally tight where, you know, you're going to be punching irons down the fairway just to keep on play it, but it's there's water on five holes, there's a driving range that comes into play on one hole, and it it's just a it looks like tree-lined fairways, you know, down most of the holes. So it's going to be fairly, you know, focusing on accuracy and, you know, just put the ball in the fairway, put the ball in the green, putt putt, let's move on. Distance isn't as big of a factor. So we'll get into that. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's a course that everybody likes. It favors a specific type of player. We got some players that have just some phenomenal course history. And we're going to take that into account and try to look at those players to see who is going to continue that, who may not as, you know, they're getting a little bit older, things like that. So we'll get into that. The defending champion is Nasa Hataoka, who won this uh, two years ago. Again, I said it didn't uh, play last year due to COVID, so she's still the defending champion. She'll be back, um, and she hasn't been playing real well. So that it's kind of interesting. We'll see how she fares on a course that she's obviously had success, but she is not very not playing very well this season. So that'll be interesting to follow. Um, so before I get into the tiers, uh, some of the course history that I'm talking about, uh, the big one, Christy Kerr. So again, they've played this course. All my course history stuff obviously is based on this course. They've played it seven times. Christy Kerr has won it once and finished in the top 10 an additional four times. Uh, so she's 
top 10 five out of the seven times they played on this golf course with a win. Uh, Anna Norquist has also won, has posted two additional top 10s and a top 20. So four of her seven trips here, she's you know finished in the top 20. Uh, MB Park has four top 10s and a top 20. Lizette Salas has three top 10s and two top 20s. And Shan Shan Fang has two top 10s and three top 20s. So we got you know four or five players here that have finished inside the top 20 five out of seven times. And that's pretty impressive. That We're going to pay attention to those players because uh, some of them are on the older swing in their LPGA career. So they may be going a bit overlooked or they're going to be paid real close attention to because of the name value. I'm going to be paying attention to the ownership projection that I'm trying to develop. Obviously, it's not perfect. It's brand new. I just kind of did it over the past couple weeks. And we only have two real tournaments to go off of because the Tournament of Champions only had 25 players. So I really only have two events to go off of. So it's going to be kind of difficult for it to be you know, completely accurate. So I'm not real comfortable with making it public yet. I kind of want like five events or so before I make that public and start using that in you know my basis of explanation of why I'm using these players. But for now, I'm going to use that to myself. I kind of want to see what those ownerships are like this week because of that name value and how it relates to their course history, even though they might be a little bit older than, you know, the players that are on top of their game right now. You know, the Nelly Cordes, the Daniel Kangs, things like that. So we'll see. Anyway, let's get right into it. I'm kind of tired of editing, you know, an hour and 10 minute episodes. I'm sure you guys are tired of listening to an hour and 10 minute episodes. So I want to keep these a little bit shorter than usual when I'm on by myself. If we have a guest, it might run a little bit longer. Because it'll be more entertaining. There'll be you know more analysis to be given, obviously. Uh, but when I'm on here by myself, I, I'm, I'm going to try to cut it down a little bit. So I just want to get right into it. Anyway, all right, we'll start with the 10K range, which goes from our highest-priced golfer, which is Nelly Korda at 11.3, NB Park, 11 even, Seyoung Kim, 10.8, Jin Young Ko, 10.6, Danielle Kang, 10.3, Lydia Ko, $10,000 even. This range is interesting to me, and I'm... And I'm starting most of my lineups in this range because we'll get to the next range in a minute, and I'm not a big fan of it. Obviously, at the top, we got Nella Corda, 11-3. She's been playing probably the best golf of anybody in the world right now. Uh, she's coming off what could have been another top five, but she faltered a little bit over the weekend. She was right. I think she was two back after Friday or one back after Friday and then played fairly poorly on the weekend to finish T28. So she has a win, a third place, and a T28. And 10 of those 12 rounds, she's been at or on top of the lead. Like She's been playing extremely well. So you can't count her out. She's priced up there for a reason. It's hard to get to. But this, I, if you guys follow me on Twitter, I'm at JoeButter underscore on Twitter. It's public. DMs are open. Go ahead and give me a follow. I posted today... Or yesterday, one either today or yesterday, that this is so far PGA, LPGA all combined, even NFL. This has been the easiest field of pricing, easiest range of pricing for me to make lineups because there is so much value down below, so much value, and we will get into it. I promise you. I didn't want to get into it in my article because I wanted you guys to listen to this, uh, so we'll get into it here, but. Believe me, Nelly Corder 11-3, you can get to it. I promise you. Anyway, my favorite play from this group is Jin Young-Ko. People 
seem to forget that she's the number one player in the world, and rightfully so. And she's been playing really well this year as well. She did miss the cut last week, but she finished fourth at Gamebridge. So she, the game is there. She came in number two overall in my model this week. Uh, she's been dominating every area of the golf course minus putting, which is what has been holding her back, obviously, if she's playing so well everywhere else. However, the putting, it's kind of a red herring to me because... She's averaging 30, almost 31 putts around, which is over two putts per round more than what she averaged last year. Now, we can say that she, maybe she putted a little bit over her head last year to get to the number one player in the world, you know, a la Jason Day, kind of that nature that have that run, Jordan Spieth, you have that run that takes you to the top of the world and you kind of come back to the meet. Or you can look at it from my point of view where all the other numbers are right where they were last year. She's gaining over two strokes scoring, over eight strokes in fairways, over 13 strokes with her irons. She's dominating on the golf course. She's just not where she has been on the greens. You give me those two putts around, that's eight shots a week. She's right in the thick of things last week, and she wins by four at Gamebridge. Like the, the game is there, and it's ready to explode. It's just a matter of... Is it going to be this week? Is it going to be next week? Obviously, I'm sure she wants it to be next week because it's the major. Obviously, a bigger payout, more recognition. But I like her a lot this week. She's not necessarily my pick to win, but I like her a lot. I think she's I think she's going to top five. I also really like Danielle Kang at 10,300. She's just, it's kind of the same thing. It's she is dominating everywhere on the golf course except for one spot. And in her situation, it's with the irons, which is, again, odd because last year she was one of the best in the world at ball striking, just iron play, strokes gained with her iron. She was one of the best in the world, top five. Outside of that, she's gaining almost four strokes scoring. Like she is getting the ball in the hole and putting up good numbers. Obviously, that's aided a little bit by her performance of the tournament of champions not everybody had that event to play and that course was set up much much easier than the rest of these golf courses i mean those those girls were getting into the mid-20s under par you don't really see that happening right now last week the winner was 15 or not last week two weeks ago the winner was 15 at the game bridge um off the top of my head i'm not real sure i think quarter was at 16 when she won that tournament, I could, I could be mistaken. It might have been 18. But you're not seeing them get into the mid-20s. So that, that scoring number is a little bit aided. But even still, she's fourth on tour right now in strokes game putting. So the putter is there, which it always has been. I'm not saying that that's an abnormality. That's where she was last year. She's one of the best putters in the world. However, in the last two weeks, not counting the uh, tournament of champions, she's hit 58% of her greens. That's pretty bad for someone of her uh, name value, some of her, of her skill set. Last year, over the course of the entire season, I think she played 12 events, 72.2% greens of regulation. So she's down 14%. If that comes back to the mean, if that even gets up to 65, she's right back in the talk for winning every single week she steps on a golf course. Because it's there. It's she can win whenever she steps foot on the golf course. And all it's going to take is for her to get those irons together, which she normally does. That's, like I said, that's her bread and butter. That's how she makes her money. And she improved last week around 
uh, two weeks. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying last week. It wasn't last week, but you know what I mean. When I say last week, I mean the drive-on championship, which was the last event. She finished T6. So following the missed cut the week before, she got it together everywhere else, but that green regulation was still not where it needs to be. I think that can change this week. I don't necessarily, I'm not picking her to win, but I think she's going to be right there in the, thick of the, in the thick of things over the weekend. Lydia Ko is a little bit interesting to me. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not necessarily fading her. I'm just not really going to play it. I'm not, I don't know. It's just like that weird number where I like Danielle Kang better and it's not that much more money. Um, my, my biggest dislike here, one player that I am fading is NB Park. Uh, she's one of the players that I mentioned before who's making her debut this season. And I don't know, 11,000. I mean, we know MB Park. We know who she is. We know how good she is. She's one of the players that probably everybody knows, casual or not. You know who MB Park is. She was the best player in the world for a long time. And she won, I think she won three majors once one year, you know, three or four years ago. Dominant. We know that. She's earned the right to be priced 11K. In her first event, I'm just a little hesitant to go there. That's a little early for me. I, I haven't seen her play in a few months since the um, oh, what was the last tournament? The U.S. Women's Open. We haven't seen her play. I'm I'm just I'm I'm hesitant. That's a lot of money. I'd rather drop down to Jin Young Ko at 10-6. So that's where I'm at on that. Other than that, I mean, like I said, I'm starting up here because I'm not a big fan of the range we're about to get into, but. You can kind of pick your poison up here. I mean, I'm okay with just about everybody other than NB Park. All right, let's get into the 9Ks. Very, very small range. We got Lexi Thompson at 9-7. Hyo Ju Kim. Again, I apologize if I mispronounce these names. I'm still not there yet. Hyo Ju Kim at 9-4. So Yeon Ryu, 9-2. Minji Lee, 9-1. And Brooke Henderson at 9,000 even. I've been on Lexi Thompson and Brooke Henderson for the last, actually for all three events this year. Hasn't really paid off for me. Actually, that's not true. I faded Lexi at the game bridge. But it, and actually, I was wrong there, too. That was Either way, no matter what I do with Lexi Thompson, I, I get it wrong. I'm not playing her this week. Nothing against what she's doing. I'm just, there's too much right above her that, I'm ra- that I'd rather play. I'm just not hitting it. Brooke Henderson, I don't know. Something doesn't seem right. Um, last, last time they played, I was very confident that she was going to play well and she didn't uh she made the cut after a a, i think she made four birdies in a row late on friday to comfortably get under the cut i think she only needed one of those four birdies but she she made a run on friday afternoon to you know get under the cut line and then just didn't get anything going on the weekend so i'm not really sure what's going on there so i'm just going to stay away from it and like i said hyoju kim and so Yan Rayu, both making their first appearance of the year. Neither of them played enough in 2020 to register any statistics on the LPGA site. I didn't go tournament by tournament to get their information, so I don't really know what they did last year other than wins and losses. So I'm just going to stay away from it. Hyoju Kim has a very good course history. Um, she's top 10 here three times. I'm just... I don't know. I haven't seen you play. I don't want to spend that money on somebody that I has that I haven't seen play. All right, let's move on. Like I said, that was a short range. I'm not interested. Let's go to the 8K. All right, headlined by Charlie Hall at 8.7, Arya Chitanagarn 8.6, Nasa Hataoka, the defending champion 8.5, Jungun Lee 6, 8.4, four, 
Jennifer Cupcho, 8-3. Carlota Saganda, 8-2. Moria Jutanagarn, 8-1. Alim Kim, Kim, 8-even. Georgia Hall, $8,000 even. This group I actually like a lot. Um, I've actually made a lineup or two where I've just started here and just peppered a balanced lineup from you know 8,800 down to 7,200 and just called it a day. I don't. I'm not doing most of my lineups like that. Like I said, just a couple. But I like this group of you know from 8.8 down to 7 even. That spot, that range of 1,800 dollars is just loaded with talent. Just loaded with talent. And one thing I've noticed that DraftKings is not really doing very well. Their information on so when you set up your lineup and you're going through the list of players and you see their cuts, you see their scoring average, their fantasy points, things like that. This information isn't based on 2021. I'm not really sure what the where they're getting this information. Like there's there's players that have played 14 events, you know that that have 14 events of registered data on here, and I don't know where that's coming from. Whereas you look at the men's side and you're seeing 2021, they might be seven for ten on cuts going back to September, which is when the new season began. I'm not really sure where this information is coming from, where all these numbers are. However, I think that's going to benefit us. I'm glad it's like that. Keep it like that, DraftKings, forever. I don't, however long you can keep it like this, I think it's going to throw some people off and they're going to avoid some players that maybe didn't play very well last year, but they're playing well right now, or vice versa. Um, so, anything. Anyway, that's one thing I've noticed, and I think that's awesome for us. Anyway, this grouping is unbelievable. Um, and my pick to win the event is actually in this range, and I didn't even mention her. Um, sorry, when I was going through the salaries, I accidentally added two players to my roster, so it removed them from the player field. Uh, so I missed Austin Ernst at 8,900 and NG Chun at 8,800. Um, those are the two that top out this range. And NG Chun is my pick to win this event. She's my favorite player. I have her. I've created 10 lineups so far. She's in all 10 of them. Uh, so if she misses the cut, I'm fucked. But I, don't, I just don't see it happening. She's the only player on tour this season that is top 10 in all three events, including the Tournament of Champions, but top three since then. Uh, she finished fourth, eighth, fourth. So consistent. She's playing so well. She's gaining four-stroke scoring, obviously. She's deadly accurate, uh, gaining four-and-a-half strokes um, off the tee, gaining seven strokes with her irons, gaining two strokes on the greens. She's just so good all over the course. Um, so I'm, she's my pick to win. I'm playing her everywhere. I bet her. Um, at 31 to 1, I just think she's an obvious play. And I think she's frankly too cheap with how well she's playing. If, if a player on the PGA Tour had, you know, three straight top eights, they wouldn't be at 8,800. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. They're not, unless it's, you know, someone that literally has never played or never top 20 in their life. Um, but she's been good in the past, so it's not like this is a surprise. I mean, we saw Jordan Spieth come in, what, he finished tied for second at, or tied for third at Waste Management, and boom, went from $7,200 to $9,900, and now he's hovering in the nines. This week is the WGC, sitting at $9,300. i am surprised NG Chun hasn't gotten that sight. I mean, she she's not to the level of a Jordan Spieth, but it's just crazy to me that, they, that she's this cheap, and I'm playing her everywhere. Um, I also really love Jennifer Cupcho. Again, I've been on her for the last couple of events. I'm on it again at 8,300. She finished second all by herself last week. She led 
for a lot of the event until Austin Ernst just ran away with it and it ended up winning by five after she went, I think she went 400 through six on Sunday and opened up a six-shot lead after starting the day with a one-shot lead, just took off and then never looked back. She ended up winning by five. But Jennifer Kupcho was right there. Uh, you know, she was right behind her and she finished 21st at Cambridge. So she's been playing well and trending up. Um, and she finished number one overall in my model, um, ahead of Jin Young Ko, ahead of, you know, Daniel Kang, Nelly, everybody. Number one overall. She's just been so, so good. She's losing a half a stroke on the greens, which isn't real concerning to me because that's what she did last year. So her putting is right where it always has been. She knows how to get it done. She hasn't won yet, but it's coming. I don't think she's going to win this week, obviously, because I think Inji Chun is going to win. But I think she's going to be right there, and I'm playing her in a lot of my lineups. An interesting one to me, A. Lim Kim. She's at $8,000 even. We don't have a lot to go on with her. This is her first event this year. She didn't play enough in 2020 to register any information. However, she won the U.S. Women's Open. So I was able to look at that. And it's just, it's so hard to judge any, any sort of U.S. Open, any, any USGA event. It's hard to judge because they set up those courses so effing difficult. I mean, she wanted a two under and she made a run on Sunday afternoon to, to take the lead and win. Amy Olsen had control of that tournament for 70 holes. And then Aylin Kim, I think she made three straight birdies, 16, 17, 18 to win by one. It's, I don't, I don't really know what to do here. Um, I'm sprinkling her in one or two just because I think she's really good and I think she's way too cheap. I mean, if you win a U.S. Women's Open and you come back and you're priced at eight thousand, I think that's silly. So I'm I'm gonna give it a shot, but I'm not I'm I'm not gonna be overweight on it. I just I I want to see something before I really dive into a player and you know start loading her up in all my lineups. Jung Un Lee six again. For three weeks now, I've been off of her. I'm not playing her again. She's still priced too high. She was bad in 2020. She's been bad in 2021. Yet they keep... She did get the price drop. Where last time, between Gamebridge and Drive On, she remained at 9,100 after missing the cut and looking horrible. Horrible. She made the cut at Drive On, but she didn't look great doing it. She ended up finishing 59th. Oh, I, I lied. She made the cut at both. She finished 57th and 59th. So, if I remember correctly, I think she made the cut on the number and then didn't play well over the weekend. Some, something of that nature. I'm not 100% sure, actually. But what I know is her stats do not look good. She hasn't been playing well. She's still priced too high. Not touching it. Nasa Hataoka is another one. She's a defending champion. So, like, it's natural to want to assume that they are playing well or playing you know decent i mean it's within a year however we have to remember that this is it's been two years since she's played here so it's a long time you can be a defending champion generally speaking you're not going to fall off a cliff after 12 months but after 24 months that's a little bit of a different story i mean you can fall off a cliff after 24 months and she's not playing well she didn't play in tournament champions she didn't win last year uh, she finished 52nd at the Gamebridge. I missed the cut last week, two weeks ago at the drive-on. I did it again. She missed the cut there. She's just not playing very well. And frankly, at, at, she's in that sweet spot of prices that she's at 85. I'd rather go up to 88 
Actually, I, I am going up to 88 because I'm playing NG Chun in every single lineup, or I'll just go down to 83 and get Cup Cho. That's kind of all I have in this range. Everybody else is just kind of, eh, I'm not interested because I haven't seen anything. The Jitanagarn sisters haven't really played. Not really interested in that. Um, who else did I say was in here? Georgia Hall hasn't been playing great. She's been okay, but at that price, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not interested. All right, let's move on. 7K range. We got Anna Norquist and Al Ewing at 7.9. Caroline Masson, Sung Hyun Park at 7.8. Hannah Green, Gabby Lopez, Jenny Shin, 7.7. Jennifer Song, Christy Kerr, Stacey Lewis, 7.6. Cheyenne Knight, Sophia Popov, Brittany Altamere, and Leona McGuire, 7.5. We'll just take a look at the top half of this range right now. I love this range. This is my favorite range. I'm playing so many players in this range. Like I said, I have a couple lineups where I'm balancing it out and I'm going NG Chun and then I'm just going, I'm firing off into the sevens. Anna Norquist, great course history. She's one here. She has two additional top tens. She was great. She finished number eight in my model. She's my favorite play in this range. She's been doing really, really well. Um, she gained seven strokes off the tee. She's gaining over nine strokes with her irons. She's losing three quarters of a stroke on the green, which is a bit concerning. However, she has a history of putting really well at this golf course. Take that for what it's worth. Do with it as you will. But her putting numbers right now aren't good. However, she is putting. She has putted well at this golf course. So that means something to me. If it doesn't mean something to you, that's up to you. It means something to me. I'm playing. I'm going to be overweight on on a Norquist this week, which I haven't been. I haven't played her yet this year. I'm playing her a lot this week. Um, I also really, really like Cheyenne Knight. Um, she's she's short. She's a very short knocker. She she loses over seven strokes in driving distance. So that is a bit concerning. However, like I said at the top of the show, I'm not that concerned with driving distance this week. She's very accurate, getting eight strokes off the tee, getting two and a half strokes with her irons, one and a half putting, and she's been scoring really well. And she has two top 25 finishes already this year. Um, sign me up for it. Leona McGuire is interesting. She is at 7,500. And she's one of only six players to top 20 in the last two events each. Um, so she's been playing very well. And she graded out very well in my model. Uh, I just, that's a, and it's a price at 7,500 that's very easy to get to. She's right around the 15 mark in my model. She's been playing very well, um, and it's a name that not a lot of people are going to be on. I can promise you that. Her ownership is not going to be high. Uh, I can actually tell you what it was at the drive-on championship. She's she's not somebody that everybody's going to flock to because, frankly, no, not many people have heard of her. Her ownership was about 5%, and she was priced at 6500 So you take that 6500 she finished in sixth place. She jumps up 1000 and... Frankly, I don't see her ownership going up. Like those people that are gonna that played her last time are probably gonna play her again, and that's it. And there might be some people that see that number and be like, "Oh, oh hell no!" Nah. Like Leona McGuire, I'm not interested. You look at her information on the DraftKings player pool; shows 11 of 14 cuts with only one top 10. What you don't realize is that one top 10 was last week, and you know her scoring average is 72. However, in the past two weeks, it's 70. 
So you're looking at these numbers and they're not that interesting. But when you look at it over the grand scheme of things, she's been playing very, very well. Um, so take that for what it's worth. I, that's somebody I'm going to be playing a lot because I don't think there's going to be a lot of people playing her. Who else was in this? I have some players in the bottom half of the 7K range that I want to get to. Um, Gabby Lopez. Gabby Lopez is one of my favorite players for a round one showdown. Um, she is quick to get out of the gate, shooting 66, 68, 69s, whatever it may be, and then following it up with 76s. And at Gamebridge, I was all over it. She shot 68, 79, and missed the cut. She went from first round leader, you know, it, with the morning wave to miss the cut on day two. So I, I love it for round one showdown. Not interested other than that. Uh, Sung Hyun Park, not interested. Uh, she's someone who has a pretty good course history, and I think some people may go to her, but I, I just not. I'm not doing it. Christy Kerr is interesting. I mentioned at the top of the show, she's one of the players that has an excellent course history. One win, five top tens. Obviously, she's one of the greatest players in LPGA golf history. But I, I feel like her ownership is going to be just astronomically high. She's got name value. Her price is very reasonable. Um, she obviously has the course history here. And she's been playing fairly well. Um, she hasn't been great, but she's been playing well enough to garner interest at that price. I mean, she's made two cuts. She has, you know, a top 40. Like, she's not playing great, but she's playing well enough to where people are going to be interested because of the name value and the price. So I might sprinkle her in one or two lineups where I have a couple other players that I'm not concerned with ownership. But if you're playing a, you know, a, a roster that's got Nelly Corda, it's got um, Jennifer Cupcho, it's got a Anna Nordquist, those are going to be very highly owned players, you might want to stay away from a Christy Kerr. Uh, so so think of it that way as you're going. All right, so let's go to the bottom half of the 7K range. We got Megan Kang, Ziyu Lin, Amy Olsen, Angel Yin at 7-4. Yeah, let me know. Yu Lu, Sarah Schmelzel, Marina Alex, Mel Reed at 7-3. Brittany Lincecum, Patty Tavitanikit, Lizette Silas, Celine Boudier, Eun Hee Ji at 7-2. Mi Jung Her, Chella Choi, Angela Stanford, Albain Valenzuela, Perrine Delacour at 7-1, Amy Yang, Ann Van Dam, Nana Coerce, and Lindy Duncan, Azahara Munoz, Miriam Lee at 7,000. This range, this 7K range is just enormous, and the 6K. They're, they're going to figure it out. I'm going to talk about this every episode until they figure this out, but these, these ranges are just loaded. So all you got to do is hit these players, because we know who's going to play well at the top. We just do. Like... The same women are going to be playing exceptionally well every week. Nelly Cordes. Jessica Cordes is not here this week. But, you know, Lydia Ko is very consistent. Danielle Kang is generally very consistent. We know what they're doing up top. If we hit these players, we're golden. Um, and there's some diamonds here. Patty Tabataniket is priced $1,500 too low. $1,500 too low. $7,200 is, is almost disrespectful. It's almost a slap in the face. It's almost like we don't even want you to play in this golf tournament, so we're going to price you so low to piss you off to make you withdraw. Like It's it's just embarrassing how low her price is. She's finished in the top 15 both events this week. 
or this year. Gainbridge, she was in the final group, struggled a little bit on Sunday. She's still technically a rookie. Uh, she was a rookie last year, but they didn't play enough events to uh, qualify to lose their rookie status. So she's still a rookie technically, but she's played quite a few events now. Um, I think that experience at Gainbridge is going to help her. That Sunday experience where she played with Nellie Corda and I believe it was Lydia Ko. Um, that that threesome that was valuable for her. And Frank, outside of that, she's just been so good. She's gaining in all five aspects that I'm valuing. She's very long. She gains over 10 strokes off the tee, two and a half strokes scoring, three strokes off uh, in accuracy, five with her irons, one and a half with her putter. She's so good, and she's priced way too low. This is another player. I made 10 lineups. She's in all 10. She's way too good to be priced this low. And I made a bet on her. And, and, the sports books aren't hip to it because she's sitting at 120 to 1. 120 to 1 for a player that was in the final group two events ago and finished top 15 last week. She has two top 15s in a row and she's 120 to 1. Yeah, sign me up. That was actually my biggest bet. I know that usually you, you put the bigger money on the shorter odds, the lower money on the longer odds. No, I'm more confident in that bet hitting than I am in half of the bets above her. All right, half of the odds of butter, players above her, whatever you want to say. I'm, I'm too excited about that price that I can't even speak. She's, she's way too good to be priced that low. All right, Sarah Schmelzel, kind of interesting. Very, very good ball striker. Um, struggling with her putter, but she topped 20 to Gamebridge. Uh, so I did like that. Um, Lindy Duncan at 7,000 even. Same idea. Very good ball striker, very bad putter. She finished 36th and 34th, respectively, over the last two events. Nothing special. But granted, you know, if we get these other players right, we just need one or two at the bottom of our roster to make the cut, accumulate four days' worth of points, let the other four do their work and finish, you know, in the top eight, you're good to go. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say that she's going to make the cut and play well. She's not going to make the cut and finish DFL. You know, she's going to do enough to get you some points. Um, I really like Chella Choi, and I think that's someone that's going to go pretty well under the radar. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of people that are going to see that name and be like, oh, let me play Chella Choi. Um, she had 5% ownership uh, last week, and she missed the cut. So people are going to see that. Her price dropped, and they're going to be off of it. And you can sign me up for that because she finished in 8th, the week before at Gamebridge. So it's not that she's playing bad. She had a bad week. She's very, very accurate. Um, she finished 12th overall in my model. Accuracy is huge here. Okay, she's short. She loses about four strokes of the field in distance. So that could have been a factor in her struggle in the last two events because the last two events were very long golf courses. This is not a very long golf course. She gains over 12 shots off the tee in accuracy. That's going to be huge here. Three and a half with her irons. She's tour average in putting. So I am very interested in Chella Choi, and I think her ownership is going to be sub 3%. People are going to, the 5% that were on her last week are not going to be on her again because she missed the cut, and her price is relatively similar. So they're not going to play it. Yeah, so that's what I got for that group. Everybody else, I'm kind of out. And Van Dam, until, like, it's a lot of fun to watch her play because she hits the ball a mile. It's just until I see some 
inkling of success. Something. I'm not interested. All right, 6K range, I'm not going to list them out. I mean, there's there's 40 players, 50 players in this range. Uh, I am going down pretty low. So there are some players in here that I really, really like that I've singled out, and I'll talk about that. I'm not going to talk about who I don't like because just assume that outside of the names that I mention, everybody else I don't like <laughs> for the most part. I'm not going to play it. Like, you kind of find a couple that you cling on to in these low ranges, and then everybody else is just... It's like a cow's opinion. It's moo. Thanks, Joey. All right. So my favorite, I really like Sarah Kemp. That's $6,800. And again, I think that's going to be someone that people aren't very interested in. One, because frankly, nobody knows who she is. And two, because if you look at her information on DraftKings, she's made six of 14 cuts. And she has no top tens. And her scoring average is 73. However, she finished fifth three weeks ago. So I don't know where this information is coming from that she doesn't have any top tens because she just top tens. She finished fifth at the Gamebridge, which was two events ago. And she played really well. And then she followed it up at the drive-on with a 34th. Not great. However, she made the cut, and she finished in the top half of those that made the cut. She's $6,800. You know, if... You can make the cut at $6,800, you're golden. If you top 10 at $6,800, that's how you take down GPPs. All right, so I'm interested in that. Um, really like Morgan Pressel at $6,400. I, I feel like she was she is going to have ownership just because everybody knows who Morgan Pressel is. Um, I'm pulling up her ownership from Gamebridge, which was... I don't have ownership information from game. Yes, I do. Where is it? Anyway, um, I think she was around 9 or 10% at GameBridge. And it's going to be there again. The problem is I really think she's going to do well here. She has the game that fits very well in this golf course. She's short, but she's very accurate, and she's a great putter. Great putter. Um, so that's what you need here, and I like that. If you don't want to eat the chalk, which I think she's going to be, I think she's going to be very, very chalky at that price. Um, I'm also very interested in, forgive me if I mispronounce this name, Aditi Ashok. Aditi Ashok. Her ownership is going to be next to nothing. Next to nothing. It was 0.17% at drive-on. She finished 23rd. Um, She's been playing really well. She made two cuts already. She finished 48th at Gamebridge, 23rd at Drive-On, so she's trending in the right direction. Nobody's going to play her because nobody knows who she is. That's where we come in. She's short. She's very short off the tee, but very, very accurate and a very good putter. She's losing four and a half shots with her irons. That is concerning. I don't understand how or why because she's been scoring really well. She's very accurate off the tee. So I'm almost going to look at that as some kind of outlier because she's short, she's accurate. Generally speaking, those players hit greens. They're just not real close to the hole. However, she's a very good putter, gaining a little under one and a half strokes per round. Or not per round, just total in putting to the field. I don't I don't know. the red, the red. red. It's a bit of a red flag that she's losing strokes like that with her irons. But I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and play her a little bit because of the results. I don't I don't really care how you get it done at this range. 
If you, you know, come in between those, she finished 48th and 23rd. If you come 35th, I'm happy at $6,500. And at $6,300, uh, Sarah Burnham. I don't think anybody's going to be on her. Um, she's only played one event this season so far, and she missed the cut. So I think her ownership is going to come in very low. Um, she was not owned at the drive-on championship, and rightfully so. She missed the cut. She didn't play very well. However, she didn't score very well. However, the, the stats were fine. So I'm not really sure what the issue was. She's the best putter on tour right now. She's gaining three strokes on the greens, over three strokes on the greens. She's very accurate, gaining eight and a half strokes off the tee in accuracy. Um, and she's just above tour average in distance, which is fine. Um, she's losing a half a stroke in scoring and losing uh, half, almost a half a stroke in iron play. I don't know. I think it's a, if you want to bomb, if you want to play, you know, two 10Ks, then I think this is a solid option. It's not great. Like, I'm by no means saying she's guaranteeing to miss to make the cut, but the numbers that I'm seeing don't justify the one missed cut. I don't really know what happened. I didn't go through and see. And you look at her stats on DraftKings. It says she's made two of 10 cuts, and she's averaging 73.5 uh, scoring average. So people are going to look at that. Nobody's going to play her if – I mean, I'm going to be the only player. When you see her ownership in the in the 8K contest, you know, the big LPGA, con- the $8 contest that they're giving us for LPGA, when you see she's sitting at 0.35%, like that's me. So if you want to be contrarian and play something up top, then you're going to copy my lineups. But that's kind of the whole idea of this podcast is giving you the opportunity to copy my lineups because I'm telling you who I'm playing. I mean, I, I practice what I preach. I'm going to post my rosters each week not my rosters but my player pools i'm not going to give you my exact rosters because frankly i don't want you to copy me player for player on a given roster but i'll show you what players i'm playing and how frequently i'm using them that's pretty much all i got i'm not interested in virtually anything else uh michelle Wee, michelle Wee west excuse me um if if you want to play her that's up to you i'm not doing it she hasn't played since 2019 i'm out um i don't know what she's been up to I think she's here on an exemption because she's a past winner, but I'm I'm just I'm not playing it. I, she's going to have ownership because she's Michelle Wee West, and everybody knows Michelle Wee, and she's very very popular. She will be owned on teams, and I find it hard to believe that she's going to make the cut. So that's where I'm at on that. All right. Last but not least, before we sign off, let's get to the bets. I made four. We are still. In a position where sports books are not giving us any prop bets, they're not giving us any first round leader bets, any matchup bets, they're just giving us out. We don't even get any live betting. All we get is the pre tournament outrights. So I made four. And they're all players that I told you that I love. Jin Young Ko is the shortest odds I took. Um, I got her at 12 to 1. She's the number one player in the field, number one player in the world. And it's just, I, th- I think she has a good chance to win. I don't. I don't think she's going to win, but I think she has a good chance to do it if, you know, if NG Chun doesn't. So I took that at 12 to 1. Um, I already told you I got NG Chun at 31 to 1. Uh, I also took Cheyenne Knight at 70 to 1. I just think those odds were too low that somebody I'm playing in DFS, that somebody that has, has a good track record this season. She won last year. She's been playing really well. She played all three events. She, she played the tournament champion, so she's not going to have to worry about the rust factor. 71 is too low. Um, and I told you Patty Tavitanik at 121 was just disrespectful. 
I thought it was disrespectful. I think Patty Tabataniket is a is an eighty nine hundred dollar player and a and a fifty five to one type player. I don't think she should be, you know, in the twenty five to one and under because she hasn't won and frankly she just hasn't played enough. But one hundred twenty to one is just disrespectful. So sign me up for that. If if she wins, I'm going to be very very happy. That's all I got. Next week we got the ANA Inspiration, the season's first major, the week before the Masters. So make sure to check that out. We have a guest. I have him lined up. He's going to be here. It's somebody that most of you as a DFS player in the golf space will know. It's a voice that you will recognize. I'm very excited to bring him on and talk some LPGA golf. There's not many people that have been interested in talking LPGA golf with me. So hopefully this goes well. Maybe he'll come back again. We'll see. But I'm going to have some fun, ask some questions, be able to bounce some ideas off somebody for a change. That's going to be a blast. Get ready for a big tournament. This is going to be a fun one. It aligns with the WGC match play, which is one of my favorite PGA tournaments of the year. This is going to be a great weekend. Let's have some fun. Let's go win some money. We'll talk next time.